so coming to my first question doctor uh, if we have to state the differences between palliative care and hospice care there's a lot of confusion as to people it overlaps the topic in in many ways so how would we do that if we were to uh, differentiate both hospice care and palliative care so uh, basically in our scenario in our country uh, there is as you rightly pointed out it's a uh, it, it is a term which is you know intermixing intermixingly used that uh, palliation or uh, hospice but i think that uh, uh, there is a the basic difference between these two uh, is that for palliation uh, the uh, the palliative care can be done at any uh, point during the treatment once you are diagnosed with a chronic condition uh, it can be not only associated with supportive care but palliation means palliation of the symptoms offering financial support emotional support so any support which is offered to a patient on diagnosis of a clinical condition which is chronic in nature uh, palliation or palliative care is used uh, whereas uh, for hospice i think the uh, the correct terminology would be that for a chronic patient where the intention of cure is not there and now the expected life expectancy of this patient is not more than 6 months to support these last 6 months of life how to give them uh, supportive treatment how to give them emotional treatment and the intention is just to help them and not cure them of their disease uh, i think the word hospice or hospice care uh, is used right doctor um, if we were to share this with examples like say for example palliative care if you were to share with us the areas in which palliative care touches with a few examples of what would be those doctor palliative care ma'am as i told the intention is to still cure the disease but it requires many factors so like emotional support that is a very important category component of a palliative care then giving symptomatic relief trying to uh, try treat the disease with aggressive management offering financial uh, help to a patient offering emotional help to the patient all these are examples where you know all these components together will encompass a palliative care so you know relieving a patient of pain relieving a patient of their symptoms breathlessness giving them emotional uh, support telling them that what is the nature of the disease how do we intend to treat them then what are the expected complications what are the possible treatments so all this it's a it's a big uh, you know big big uh, area where each and every component play an important role and uh, the main intention is that is to treat this disease and though we understand it's a chronic condition we try to incompensate many components and then uh, offer the particular treatment to a patient yes doctor we always looking at the better quality of life here when you talk about palliative care and hospice care right yeah correct so quality of life is of utmost importance because as all the factors i have uh, mentioned so ultimate aim is to give a good quality of life to a patient so that with all the uh, chronic condition and difficult treatment their quality of life remains manageable and they are able to take this treatment they are able to go through this treatment and the family and the patient are able to bear this difficult time together yes that is that is so important yes it is very important so if you were to address the treatment plan to the patient doctor in 
when it comes to palliative care and hospice care, how do we address the treatment plan to the patient? In what circumstance do we do that? So, ma'am, treatment plan in a, say, suppose you talk of hospice care. Hospice care, we understand that the patient has, uh, you know, reached to a point where we and the patient understand that it is now, now a sort of an incurable disease. The life expectancy is usually, we expect, not more than six months. We are not interested in giving them any aggressive management for their chronic diseases, in our case, say, cancer. So what is the main intention? The main intention is to support these patients with what? Nutrition, prevention of infection, pain management, emotional support, and, uh, you know, treating or preventing some basic complications, like, you know, chronic patients who are lying on bed, so they have bed sores. Then yes. due to undernutrition, these patients become lean, thin, and catechic. So the main intention is to just give them a, a suitable or a good quality of life so that their end days of life should not be miserable. So what we do, we try to, you know, do some active physiotherapy exercises. We want to treat the bed sores. We want to give them some form of enteral or parenteral nutrition. We want to give them emotional support. The family needs to be with them at this particular time. We don't want such patients to be admitted in ICU and the patient is, the family is waiting outside. And we also have to understand and accept that this is the stage of disease where we are not in a position to take or make the disease under control. So whatever time is left to the patient, it should be dignified and it should be comfortable both for the patient and the family. Whereas for a palliative care, palliative care can happen during any time of the treatment. Once you are diagnosed with a, a say, particular chronic condition, palliation means that you can incorporate specialist uh, uh, palliative care physicians right from day one, where they will explain and discuss with the patient that what are the possible treatments, what are the expected complications, and sooner or later time might arrive when the disease might not be under control, and you and the family should be mentally prepared for hospice. Then palliation also in, includes the management of symptoms, finding out the best possible cures for the patient, and giving, again, the emotional and the financial support if possible for a particular patient. Right, doctor. Right. Uh, when talking about hospice care, uh, what are the different levels at which uh, the treatment is administered to the patient? So hospice is you no know, hospice can be offered at, at various levels. So number one, hospice is as I already mentioned that hospice is a treatment where our, our intention is not to cure the disease. Our intention is to make the patient and the family comfortable. So it is all dependent on where the patient belongs to, what is the you know under literacy level, the financial uh, background of the patient, how regularly you and the palliative care physicians can see these patients and you know based on what is the nature of the disease basically depending on all these factors hospice care can be offered at you know at home they can be offered at a nearby nursing home it can be offered at a specialized hospice center or it can be offered at a hospital also so as i mentioned that depending on the need of the patient depending on the confidence the family has with the available infrastructure and what is the underlying 
condition of the patient, we decide that which is the best method for hospice for a particular patient. So a patient who requires, say, a patient, especially in our in our scenario, patient who is an uncontrolled malignancy, and patient requires, uh, you know, re repeatedly uh, removal of water from the abdomen, that is, aseptic fluid tapping or a pleural fluid tapping. These are the patients that usually uh, prefer to be in a hospice care or a hospital setting because due to uncontrolled malignancy, tapping sometimes is done every alternate day or every two to three days. Right. So such patients require a more aggressive form of a hospice care. Whereas on the other hand, if, if, if the family is understanding that the nature of the disease is chronic, the patient is weak but not having any imminent symptoms, we counsel the patient to go home and then the minimal hospice care regarding nutrition, prevention of infection and bed sores, and all those things can be managed at home also. So uh, as uh, to conclude, I would like to say on this issue that depending on the severity of the symptoms and depending on the need and nature of the disease, uh, we take a, a decision along with the family, of course, at what level of hospice the patient is, uh, is you know, uh, accounted for. So it can range from a simple home-based care to a specialized hospice care center. Yes, doctor. That is what we're looking forward towards. The, the best interests of the patient and their families, right? right? So coming to the patient and their families being taken care of in such a way that they feel satisfied that the treatment is done in a very comprehensive manner. How is this uh, administered to the patient and their families? So, ma'am, again, the most important thing in this regard, I feel, is the communication and making the patient and the family understand that what exactly is the nature of the disease and what exactly we intend to do. So, because, you know, uh, at a level when we reach hospice care, I think uh, it is very, very relevant for the patient and the family to first make them understand that where we have reached in our treatment line, what is the, the nature of the disease now after trying the maximum amounts of treatment and care also, most of the times the diseases are not under control. So we have to first make them very, very clear that what we are trying to do henceforth and what is the expectation out of all this. Because sometimes, especially in our settings, you know, I feel I, and I face it regularly for our, my patients, that families do not want to communicate each and everything to the patient itself. Yes. So family takes some decisions on their own. Families do not inform or do not want to be, uh, you know, uh, make a patient family to a, a patient known about all these things. So then, uh, you know, the concept of hospice care fails uh, because patient is not knowing about the disease. Patient is not knowing about the consequences and what he is going through. Family does not want to share all these things with the patient. And ultimately, there is a disparity between what we want to offer and what the family wants to do. So, very so I think uh, the first, first and foremost, I think practically speaking, every patient who reaches the level or for need of a hospice care, the doctor, the family and the patient, they should be on the same page. We all should understand that doctor is not God or the treating doctors cannot change the disease. We cannot change the biology of the disease. We should do our best to treat the, uh, the disease in a best manner. But again, uh, not every time it happens that 
patient is going to be cured and patient is not going to have complications. So once we as treating doctors come to know or we decide that doing further treatments is going to be more harmful than beneficial, we should be very clear with this. We should communicate this to the family and the patient. And families and patients should also accept in a manner where they go for hospice care in a positive attitude so that ultimately the patient is benefited. Now, what happens, especially in our settings, is that once we say that, no, this is not curable, people go to alternative therapies, people go to different hospitals. Once again, some, some persons, they again start from some other point. So the point is that until unless this proper communication is made to the patient and the family, this concept of palliative and hospice care does not uh, stand effective. So basically, uh, communication, giving them a clear thought and chalking out a clear path for them is the uh, you know most important thing in this scenario. Perfect, doctor. That is exactly what we need to be going forward to when it comes to palliative care. Because again, uh, if the patient is not satisfied there is no point, I feel, at this point. Yeah. Uh, coming to my last question, doctor. Um, when we assess the patient's overall well-being, what is best for them? How is that determined? What is best? What is the best treatment? And how can that treatment call be taken? So, ma'am, see, we, as for in oncology, as when we decide for a patient, he is a candidate for chemotherapy or not, say, so we have a very simple, we have some questionnaires, quality of life questionnaires. We do our uh, performance status scores like ECOG and all, where we see whether the patient is ambulatory, whether the patient is able to walk on his own or not, or her own or not. What is the nutritional status of the patient? What is the body weight? How well is the patient or not? So depending, it is not a one set parameter, but it is a combination of multiple parameters. So we, for example, we take into consideration the age of the patient. We take into consideration the uh, other problems like hypertension, diabetes mellitus, heart problems, previous history of surgeries and all into consideration. We see what is the primary diagnosis of cancer, which malignancy is it, what stage is it at, was there any response to the treatment or not previously, what all treatments have been done till now, what are the you know, uh, the incurred side effects or toxicities of those treatments of the on the patient and what is the present status of the patients nutritionally uh, also then uh, in the terms of mobility also, in terms of emotion also, and obviously the financial aspect also. So all this assessment goes together hand in hand to make a particular understanding about a, about a condition where we decide that is it beneficial to go ahead with the treatment or not. So because see, certain cancers like you know pancreas cancers or biliary cancers where the outcomes are not good despite the best efforts and a patient who is not affording or not very well to do, I don't see a point of you know encouraging them to go for costlier and multiple lines of treatment when ultimately we know that the outcomes cannot be changed uh, with aggressive treatment also by, uh, say, a couple of months. So then again, though the, fam the family's understanding, the family's wishes do come into account, but again, we also have to make a 
an assessment in on all these issues and then do uh, counsel the family or the patients about the need of further treatment or not and if needed then what would be the best possible treatment in such cases so you're saying that it should be a a, a discussion between the family of the patient and the doctor team exactly it's a multi it's a multidisciplinary multi uh, you know multiple persons being involved in this a decision process because it you know, it's not treating like a simple infection where a doctor go to a doctor doctor will prescribe you some medicines for a week and 10 days and then you will go back home nicely it is about uh, you know a disease where most of the times at one point will come when the patient is not cured patient is going uh, down we have limited amounts of months left for the patient survival and our intention both the family and the doctor is to make those last months of the life to be comfortable and you know uh, quality of life should be maintained now in those months if we feel if we are very sure or the family is very sure that they want to go ahead with the treatment understanding the risks and benefits and the treating doctor also feels that all these treatments are ultimately going to increase the survival of the patient then only we offer such treatments or you know uh, immunotherapies targeted therapies chemotherapies whatsoever but suppose if the underlying cause we know that the previous disease response has not been good the patient is elderly patient is not in a good emotional state the patient is not eating orally or the nutrition status is not good patient is not ambulatory for such patients i do not think that by offering them aggressive therapies or chemotherapies would enhance his survival on the on the contrary they might increase their side effects the quality of life further may go down and the ultimate intention of help actually we end up doing more harm to the patient than benefit so i think it is a it's a, it's a decision which is to be taken not only by one person but in consultation with the family the doctor the uh, you know the uh, decision has to be made understanding both the pros and cons though it is a very difficult decision because families it is difficult for them to accept that no nothing can be done but again it has it has to be not only an emotional decision but a practical one as one as well because then only uh, in the end patient is going to be benefited out of this that is so true that is so true quality of life and making sure that the patient is having the best benefit is what we are working towards right um thank you so much dr chitresh agarwal it has been so great talking to you and your understanding and your insights have i'm definitely sure that it is in a lot of queries have been answered people and viewers watching this video uh, thank you so much for taking the time out from your busy schedule to come and talk to us um, it is going to definitely benefit as many as people as possible thank you thank you thank you thanks a lot have a great day ahead sir keep inspiring thank you